Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, I'm Sarah. When people asked me and my husband, Matthew, about our birth plans, our answer was simple. We're doing it at home. So this is a podcast all about our home birth journey. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is another birth story. We sit down and talk with Lindsay Bonner. Lindsay is from Wisconsin, and she has a really cool perspective on her birth stories in that she planned for a home birth with her daughter, Charlie, who's now almost three, and had most of the labor experience at home and then was eventually transferred to a birthing center for the actual birth. And now she's currently pregnant with baby number two and planning for another home birth. So I think that's really awesome and inspiring and something that people can learn a lot from her experiences and how she still wants to experience a home birth. She also wasn't even sure if she wanted children at first and, you know, was married for about 12 years before making the decision to have kids. So she had a really great idea by that point of what she wanted to experience and had seen other people and their experiences and had learned what she didn't want. Her story is a lot about trusting your body, trusting your your innate nature, and she talks about birth being the most spiritual experience she's ever had in her life. And I think that's something that everyone can relate to who's gone through birth. And, you know, she talks about having to let go of some control issues that she had throughout pregnancy and, and the birthing process. And it's really honest and she's fun and it's just another amazing story to put a face and human to home birth as a as an experience. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Lindsay Bonner. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Awesome. Doing fantastic. <laughs> just want to give you a big thank you um, and, and just share our gratitude with you coming on the show, coming on the podcast and sharing your birth story. We are both super excited to talk with you. Yeah, me too. Thank you for the invite, you guys. Yes, yes. Okay, well, let's just go. Let's hit it. Um, Lindsay, tell us like a little, just a little bit about you and what you're about and what kind of led you into home birth as 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 an option for your, your birthing plan. Well, um, I waited. I've been married for, oh gosh, almost 12, 12 years now. <laughs> um, and we waited a long time to have kids. We didn't want them for a long time. Um, 
So I was 30, I think, when I felt the actual biological clock kind of start ticking. So (laughs) I'd had the the benefit of like 12 nieces and nephews, some of which I've actually gotten to not be like present necessarily at the birth, but a huge part of. Um, So I kind of saw, especially with my two sisters, um, my not just my husband's siblings, but my own two sisters' birth experiences um, in the hospitals. And mostly it kind of made me realize what I didn't want. Mm. Um, and that was like, there was so much intervention and just like with my one sister, she had uh Pitocin and then there was all this blood pressure and tinge contraction stuff. She ended up being rushed off to the C-section and it was just one of the most heartbreaking things was after she had that baby, she said to me, I don't feel like a real woman and was just bawling about oh, it. Wow. And I, it was kind of like this horrible, like realization, like this was not her, this was them, you know? So, and it was, um, gosh, I would have been, she was young. She was only 19 or 20 at the time, maybe. And that would have made me about 23. So, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. So that was kind of like, okay. So when I did finally decide I wanted to do that, I knew what I didn't want. And I'm fortunate in my um, profession to be surrounded by a lot of like-minded people. Um, I don't know, like crunchy granola type. Yes, we love it. (laughs) That's the right term. But uh, um, I I know a lot of people who, you know, are familiar with the midwives in the area, like the independent midwives in the area. So um, it was just a huge leg up that I had before I even got pregnant to, to have all this information already in my, in my cranial matter, so to speak. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so I was kind of lucky there and I knew, um, it wasn't even like necessarily a home birth. I just knew I wanted to be allowed to work on my own devices as much as possible. And that's kind of where I got led to. So now what did that mean for you? You know, cause you, um, you saw the well, things and, I'm, and sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I, are you talking like what being able to work for my own kind of thing? Yeah. I, I trust, um, our innate body to do a lot. I think there is just, you know, we, we, it's always a follow the money thing for me. I think, um, to kind of like why something, you know, if you can market it, patent it and sell it, then it's probably not good for you. And that, that is everything from like food to birth to, you know, anything like that. So, um, and you know, we're, you know, you don't inherit bad genes, you inherit bad habits and you're just your innate body and your innate intelligence is so smart. And I just wanted to, um, be in an environment where I was allowed to honor that. So for me, that's, I guess, kind of what it meant is just being allowed to trust my own body without like any exterior influences, I guess. I don't know if I'm explaining that properly, but (laughs) you are totally speaking our language, um, (laughs) very much in alignment with that. Um, you know, the habits versus the genes and, and the decisions that you make it, you know, just really, empowering yourself to, to choose and to choose with what resonated most with you, with how you know yourself to be. That's amazing. And I think that's a very common trait we find in home birth moms and families is just that trust of that innate, like inner nature and beingness, you know, so to speak, to get really like up in the air with it. But really, I mean, it's that, it's that faith and that surrender to what, what will be. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, kind of letting baby do their own thing. It's like a baby and God time. And that was like a big, 
big thing for, I'm a very big control freak. So that was very hard for me in my first pregnancy was just, okay, this is nothing to do with you right now. You're just the host. Right. <laughs> so you got to mm. be patient, patient yeah. and wait. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Okay, so <laughs> here you are. You know, you've seen what you don't want to experience, and then... What what was the process into shifting into actually wanting to have babies, and then once you were pregnant, what what did it look like to to create your process? Boy, um, for me, I think it was I, I really ultimately kind of got healthy, I guess, so to speak. I, I um, went through college. I had a lot of bad habits that I developed. I got pretty overweight, um, and I kind of defaulted to get out of that to like a calorie counting distance runner, and I didn't get. Um, healthy out of that by any means. I think skinny and healthy are very different things. <laughs> um, yeah. and it was once I, I think once I realized like what it felt like to be good and like my hormones were kind of lined up, then that's, that, that's when I really started to feel like maybe, Oh my gosh, I want a baby. I don't, I don't know if that was it like entirely, but I think that probably had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, cause I just, I didn't ever feel good. Like I didn't have the energy to take care of myself, let alone a child. Mm. So, um, and then that, yeah, then we just, it was kind of at that point in time, I was like convincing my husband after, you know, the first eight years of our marriage, not wanting kids. I'm like, honey, I have a problem that I need your help with. <laughs> and so I was kind of, when I kind of went the roundabout way, I actually told his mom that I wanted a baby. Well, after like so, like at the same time, I told him, so I'm like a little outside pushing, you know, maybe a little. So. Yeah, you utilized key influencers. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we finally kind of took the leap, and it happened pretty quick for us. We were very, very fortunate um, both times in that regard. But at the same time, I also thought, well, that wasn't very much fun. <laughs> so, mm. And trying for the babies, the fun part, and then it happened so fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, otherwise it just, yeah, then we got pregnant and I knew, like I said, before we got pregnant that I didn't, you know, that I wanted to do the, probably the home birth was what is ultimately what we kind of decided was what we wanted to look into right away. So. Okay. And so then what happened from there? Um, well, from there I got a good recommendation from a midwife and I just had a good feeling about her and they, she actually recommended, you know, interviewing a couple other people, but it was like. I just knew when I talked to her on the phone the first time that I was going to go with her. So I, I just, um, 
I felt instantly comfortable with her. I knew two people that she had delivered, um, their babies. So, and I just was, I was just kind of already pre-sold on her, I think. So it was, uh, nice to be able to just from like day one, get to know her and work with her. And, um, I know from, you know, your podcast previously, you've talked a lot about that intimate relationship that you build. And I actually think I wrote that into my birth story where I was just like this, like when I, I've actually met with her a couple of times afterwards and just bawled when she couldn't deliver this baby that I'm pregnant with right now um, because she's going to be out of town for the month that I'm due. She's got the month off. And I was just like, no. (laughs) So yeah, it was, uh, yeah. So you just develop this relationship with them and they were just wonderful, wonderful people. And, um, I guess there was a lot of, you know, planning, but it was so gradual and like all my worries and questions and stuff that I had were just, handled so like well over the entire course of our you know of the pregnancy of an uh, and of our appointments that it was just very stress-free and yeah it's just really good mm, that's awesome and i actually want to take a quick tangent i heard you say that you're pregnant right now i am yes that's awesome so is this <laughs> yeah. is this number three two this, this is, is number, number two. two okay yeah yeah wow. yeah that's yeah so great. So. when do you do April. April. Yeah. And what are your plans with uh, bringing this this new life into the world? Well, I've got just a different midwife, and I'm going to try for the whole home birth again. I uh, I guess not to like deter from the story a little bit, but I guess leading up to the baby, I ended up getting transported to um, my midwife's birth center um, because I was in labor for a very, very long time. <laughs> um, and they were hoping the change of scenery would kind of help spur on active labor and kick me in. And, and it did. I remember every, like being on the stairs on my way up to the, the birthing room that they have in the upstairs portion of this house. And the contractions were like instant change for me. So it was definitely good. But um, there were a lot of reasons, I guess, like a couple more reasons that they wanted to do that transfer ultimately in the end. But uh yeah, let's, so let's I, get into it. Let's uh, let's get into the you know your your birth experience with baby Charlie. Yeah, baby Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all about letting go of control. She came about a week before my guest date, mm. um, and I kind of knew I could kind of feel it coming, and I can remember that surge of energy everybody talks about that you get right before they you deliver, and that was very real. I actually like went to a uh, went to a workout that morning, and then my water broke that afternoon. So I was like, "Oh, hey, like that." So <laughs> felt really good that day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like four or five in the afternoon. I remember I was on the phone with my mom, and all of a sudden, I I just like leaked everywhere, and I'm like, "Um, mom, I think I gotta go." <laughs> so <laughs> my water. Can just I call broke. you back? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was actually you know, nice that I was on the phone with her because, um, I, I mean, it was my first baby. I had no idea what to expect. And even though I didn't really identify it as fear at the time, I like in hindsight, I had a lot of like hesitations and fears about birth that I, you know, I mean, just the unknown, it wasn't even about birth. It was a fear of the unknown because I knew I could do the birth part. I just didn't really know what to expect at all. So it's just completely foreign territory for me. And so I was like, mommy, you please come. And you know, how are we going to do this? I did a lot of praying and a lot of, uh, you know, how am I going to get my mom here? (laughs) You know, (laughs) because that was kind of a big thing for me. Um, 
And she, I can remember her saying, well, the only way I'm probably going to make it is if your water breaks. So we got our wish (laughs) as far as that goes. Yeah. So, um, can we touch on the fears for a second? Um, I want to, so these, these fears that you were having, how did you recognize them and see it as they were coming up? And then follow up to that, you know, you mentioned like some prayer and just kind of getting your mind set. What did you do to overcome them because you you clearly did because you birthed baby so you know what what was that bag what was that bag mix for you um well I do I did a lot yeah a lot of prayer a lot of meditation um I I I tried to get in about a 10 to 15 minute meditation every day where I just kind of like clear my mind connect with the baby in general you know like get excited about meeting the baby um I had this like little flip book of note cards of like scripture and quotes and stuff about like, you know, working with your body, um, that your contractions are you all kinds of inspirational stuff. And I actually ended up getting, um, one of the scripture verses tattooed on my arm after I had Charlie, because I ended up getting stuck on this one scripture when I was in labor with her. So it ended up being like this wonderful motivational thing for me to just kind of help me get through. But that was kind of like what I did to prepare. But like I said, I think I didn't initially recognize it as fear because I'm a control freak. I'm an admitted control freak. I thought I was doing everything I could to prepare. And it wasn't until I was in it that I realized that I was like, holy crap, what's happening to me? You know, I had a hard time releasing. I had a hard time letting go. I think that's part of the reason I labored for so long. Mm. Um, you know, and I can remember at one point in time, um, I have these really tall kitchen chairs at the time in my old house where we used to live. And I can remember being kind of bent over on one of them, staring at the rug, thinking about not the contraction that I was having, but the dog hair that I wished I could have vacuumed up off the rug. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God. I love um, that. So, and I was like, OK, it's <laughs> like something else. there, And it was in hindsight like remembering that moment thinking, gosh, I really just couldn't let it go. Like, I think, you know, I think that was a, um, yeah, that was a big hang up for me, <laughs> I think like in the, in the moment, but, um, yeah. So my water broke on a Tuesday evening. I labored all through Thursday and then Friday morning, I was still kind of stuck at the, you know, just, uncomfortable but not unbearable contractions so we took the longest car ride of my life to the birth center on Friday morning um it was only about 45 minutes half an hour 45 minutes but it sure did feel like a lot longer (laughs) yeah time Um, does something really funny during labor and delivery I think in that you could totally make the argument that something takes forever and that something happens in an instant so time is yeah I don't know (laughs) it's really yeah and it's funny because like I, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly what you said, because there's so much that I can't remember. And then somebody will tell me something later and it'll be like, oh yeah, that happened. (laughs) Totally. I I really appreciate that in your blog article, you mentioned like the header of each section is what I remember. (laughs) You're you're stating that you're being really truthful with it. This is what I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And it's really funny. There was this one point that I actually still have no memory of this, but my, uh, my husband and my midwives have both joked about it before because I'm a fitness trainer. So we were in uh, the kitchen of the birthing center, just kind of walking me around and they're like, why don't you try some like lunges or squats and stuff just to move your hips a little bit. And my husband goes, little butts for little butts, Lindsay, low butts for little butts. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, I'm really glad I don't remember that. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah, it was cute, but the midwives thought it was great. So, <laughs> so who was present um, at your birth? I had my mom and my sister there. Um, one of my sisters, one of my two sisters, and then my husband, and then the two midwives is is who was there. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful and and wonderful and long. <laughs> it's really funny. Like my midwife now asked me what, you know, what kind of I what what I would hope to get out of this birth, and I'm like, I would take half of the time that I went through last time because mm. I, I know I can push a baby out after 24 hours. So right, and know. after <laughs> after Charlie, I'm wondering, you know, it seems like for you a big theme and a, a big lesson for you in that experience was letting go and you know moving through that. Are you taking that into this pregnancy and into this current birth planning? You know that are you remembering what that was like and and maybe. Um, planning to have a different experience as far as that, that control? Um, yes, very much. So, um, I've changed a lot of like the focal point of my meditations, um, you know, to kind of just constantly, you know, keep focusing on the breathing down the living environment that I'm in the house that we're in now is a, a totally different environment as well. Um, I have a doula as well this time. So, um, my mom is not going to be coming this time around, but like right away, like she did last time, but I did get a doula for this time. And it was, um, I actually like initially, it took me about probably 20 weeks into this pregnancy to actually just decide that I want to just do this home birth thing. I did a lot of like breaking down of my feelings and my emotions. I talked spent a lot of time talking with my doula, who's also my friend, you know, just kind of like getting that external opinion on kind of like hashing out my thoughts and my fears. Um, you know, and it wasn't until about 20 weeks when I was like, I don't, you know, the birth center is nice. It's there. It's a backup, but I really would love to just have this baby at home. And one of the biggest pushes for me, well, well was, um, I had two big pushes. Uh, one, it was actually your podcast when I found you guys. I'm like, Oh, like all these people talking about this and their, their experience was really cool. So it was, it was definitely a push. Um, in the final decision for me there, but also I want Charlie to be there. Um, mm. I would, I would love for her to know where her brother or sister comes from and not just come home with a baby. You know, she's three, she's barely grasping the concept that there's a baby in mommy's belly. Like how cool would that be for her to just know that it came from mommy, you know? So yeah. that's amazing. And we're also super humbled and honored to be part of the, the pushes for you. That's, that's really awesome. And <laughs> What I love about you and your experience and your story is that you present one of the many faces of home birth. So you had most of Charlie's birthing experience at home and then, you know, transferred to a birthing center. And now with baby number two, you're planning another home birth. You know, there's so many different ways that women can identify and glean things from your story in that, you know, I'm sure many, if they didn't get to have the home birth that they originally intended, they may not go for it again. So I think that's super inspiring that you're, you're planning this, this really intentional second home birth. And who's to say, because baby doesn't actually come out at home, that you're still not a home birth mom or a home birth family. If you made the plan, if you made the intention, as far as I'm freaking concerned, you're a home birth mom. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. It felt like that was the cool thing about the birth center is that I, when they told me to move, I I wasn't super hesitant. I kind of felt like, okay, yeah, something's, something's not 
happening here. I kind of knew what needed to happen. And there, it, it was nothing even remotely like medicalized about it. it. It was a house, you know, and they had the upstairs of the house set up. There's a kitchen, there was a little living room, there was a, be a bedroom, they had the big hot tub there, you know, it was, yeah, so it was very homey and like, I have a couple of the most beautiful pictures um, that were taken after Charlie was born and the lights just dim. It's just peaceful. There's just a lot. They let us just sleep there until the next morning, you know, and it was just, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was still this wonderful, personal, intimate, very, very wonderful thing. So that was just really nice to, to, like I said, let my body progress and do its own thing without any sort of pushes. And I was grateful for that because I I just can't even imagine there was a couple of points after being up for two days if somebody would have asked me if I wanted an epidural I'm not sure I would have said no uh, right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know but nobody asked you know right, I yeah, got yeah. nothing but like empowered encouragement was what I got the whole time so it was yeah anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Well, let's talk about that progression a little bit because, you know, you, you were experiencing the early labor and, and those sensations, contractions for a couple of days. So what was that like on your, on your psyche, on your emotions, just having <laughs> things sort of, you know, again, the, the whole surrender aspect and, and you're experiencing this, this experience kind of progress at its own pace and you can't really do much to it. How did you handle that? Well, when it got tough was on that final stretch, um, I was sleeping in between pushes and contractions. I was literally just kind of collapsing and passing out until, you know, I'd wake back up and have to do it again. Um, it is truly the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life. I am a Christian and I believe in God and it was about the closest to God I've ever felt in my life. It was mm. crazy. Just the, just, um, nothing else mattered except that moment and what I was doing. Um, I guess I don't, I, I, it's hard because, well, it's been a while, but I don't remember a lot because not only was I pushing out a baby, I was also exhausted. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, but there was a definite, um, I guess just, yeah, just connection with that, with my body, with, with God, with all that. So, um, that's beautiful. I guess, yeah. And I, I mean, no matter your your um, faith or subscription to to certain beliefs, I I don't think many, anyone could argue that is a truly transformative experience. And this there mm -hmm. there's something else at play there in that room when when that's happening. You know something something's happening, and it's really just this 
this pure magic really. Yeah, it is like whether you're, you're Christian spiritual or just spiritual in general. And I think, you know, a lot of like the people, like you said earlier that are drawn to home birth are semi like-minded, you know, so you, there is going to be some sort of, some sort of spiritual something going on, um, with almost everybody, be it God, be it, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely something very much outside yourself. (laughs) So, so what do you remember when you knew that it was, it was time, Charlie was coming, that she was, you know, on her way out, she was crowning. What do you remember in, in those, in those moments? Um, well, I remember they asked me if I wanted a mirror, and I said, oh, God, no, please. I'm cool, I'm cool. I remember touching and feeling her head, but it was almost too distracting. Mm. Um, I, I felt like it took too much of my focus. Um, I also couldn't be in the water. Um, I didn't do real well in the water at all, which is weird because I would have loved to have, like, thought I would have loved to have done a water birth. Oh, so um, you, had a, you had a pool? Yeah, there was a pool, and I got in it once, and by the time I got back out of it, I just didn't feel grounded when uh, I was, yeah, it was just too hard for me to um, feel grounded, I think, when I was having contractions in there, so I couldn't, I don't think I could have pushed her out in there, so I knew I needed to get out of there. Um, I, yeah, I guess I just, I remember relief <laughs> when she, when I, when I felt her head come out, and mm. Um, I remember just, it was, I, I remember she had this like crazy cone head and I was like, Oh, it's not going to go away. <laughs> so, uh, I can see that it has from her photos. Yeah. She's yeah, a perfectly was, normal looking head. Right <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfectly normal little head. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's quite something. <laughs> she took her sweet time. She still does mm. take her sweet time with everything. It's funny how that parallels. Yeah. So I'll be. I'll be intrigued to hear how Maya grows up after your experience because there are just, definitely some parallels there. Just thinking about that, like, hmm, okay, what do you recall <laughs> from our story that, you know, in a year, in two years, ten years, we're going to see something and go, oh, my God, that that is totally <laughs> yeah. what was happening that day. That's yep. so funny. And um, happy early birthday to Miss Charlie. Yeah, next week. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. She's fun. So talk to me about – I'm always interested in uh, the husband's experience. Oh, and, of course. Yeah, and, and you know what they're doing, what their roles were, uh, you know, the things that they were doing during the birth. So what's your husband's name, by the way? Kevin. 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 Sorry, I guess that's David. Poor guy. Kevin. Um, what's up, Kevin? <laughs> so tell I me. I wish he was here. He'd tell you himself. He's, he's – um, he, I think, like – it was so good that I had these wonderful midwives there that were giving him jobs because I think um, when it got pretty intense, I know there was a point when he felt pretty helpless. Yeah. Um, they kind of had to drag him in from the other room to like come in and hold on to me. Um, and I remember just from like we took some prenatal classes um, this time around. And so from the stories that he told there. Um, I know that he he like you had said something about how amazing women are and how just like amazing it was to watch me do this um because there was one point in time that again was something I don't really remember very well but he said there was one point in time I was sitting backwards on a chair and he was bracing me from behind and I broke the back of the chair off because I pulled so hard on it wow. and he was just like Holy crap. Yes. <laughs> and that was pretty amazing I was like oh I didn't do it like oops <laughs> so um I guess and then I remember uh, well, he was really funny. He's not the 
want to see it happening type of guy. Um, so he was definitely up by my head the whole time, but I cannot, I can remember feeling him crying when I was, um, you know, contracting and pushing and stuff. I could feel his, his wet face next to mine. And he, he grows what he calls the baby beards because he refuses to get like, he refuses to let his belly grow with me. So he grows a beard when we get pregnant. So he has (laughs) this big old, big old furry beard that he had going on and he's got this crazy one going on right now. It's just insane. And it's just, yeah, so we got the baby beard going on. So that was cool. He shaved it the day after she was born. He must've been ready. But, um, and then I just, I don't know. I just remember, I remember his arms and I just remember him, his presence more than anything, you know, I mean, his voice, he's, he's very soft spoken and I could just, it was like he was always constantly whispering in my ear and yeah it was pretty that's awesome pretty cool. i'm sure he could tell you better he it's funny communication is not his uh strong suit so most of what i'm telling you is stuff that he's told other people <laughs> so, oh, okay <laughs> so it's kind of hard to it's more it's more just um I just feel he just that it was like this insane high for him because he's a teacher. He's an elementary elementary teacher. So this to have his own little baby was it's he's just the most amazing thing that you can do for a wife is to watch this man with your child. It's just oh, it's beautiful. He's Mm. such a good dad. So (laughs) that's awesome. Way to go, Kevin. Yes. Possible to love him more. Mm. (laughs) I love what you said. Presence. That was the word that really stuck out to me. And sometimes that's all that's needed. You know, even if they don't know what to do and people are directing them, it's like just being there is, is so powerful. I remember Matthew, you know, going in and out of the room at different points, you know, cause people were feeding him and making sure he was taken care of, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm glad was happening. But even in those moments when he was gone for just for a few seconds, like I felt it and I noticed it and I had to kind of remind myself, like he needs to be replenished too. He's, you know, he's coming back to me stronger to just be here. Um, but that, that presence is huge. It's, it's extremely felt and, you know, not to be diminished, you know, if, if they feel like they don't know what else to do. Um, so dad's listening, just be there. (laughs) Yeah, very, very much. Our needs are usually pretty simple. It's just, just be there. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So now you are preparing for baby number two and you know, you've had this, this, uh, home birth experience with Charlie. So what are some of the things that, you know, pulling from that first experience you are working on adding, taking away, changing, whatever it is going into baby number two? Well, um, I, I have a blog post on this actually as well too, cause I, I'm constantly working on all areas of my life, but just constant growth, you know, is always a big, it's a big thing for me. Um, you always have something that you can learn and grow on and expectations right now are a big one and just kind of remembering to accept that my body might just labor long and I might just have another two day labor, um, mm-hmm you know, just to kind of be at peace with that because, um, that might happen again. And, um, just to kind of not expect them to be the same at all. Um, just, you know, this baby, this pregnancy has been entirely unique and different and just giving it the freedom to be that, um, you know, and just kind of, again, you know, I mean, ultimately I am the host and there is just, um, you know, only so much you can do, and one of them is just to accept and let go. So yeah, I love it. 
I, that's, and you know, I'm, I'm even taking notes for myself hearing your experience, like going into when we decide on baby number two, uh, that they're not going to be the same. And I know myself and I, it could get really easy to get caught up in that and thinking, well, this is how it was. And if something shows up differently, like, why isn't it like this? Or I didn't do this, you know, what? Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a huge, um, thing to, to learn and to work on accepting, uh, and I'm sure a lot of other moms can relate to that. Yeah, and I did spend a, a pretty good chunk of my first and into my second trimester doing that to myself, um, you know, where I was just kind of like, why is this like this, and why is this like this, and why isn't it going like this, and it just... Yeah. like a reprogramming. Just, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so I did just, once I finally just kind of relaxed and let it go and just let this baby be this baby, then it just, uh, it changed everything, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a quick question. So you, you were you talked about meditation, mm-hmm. you know, and I think your blog might also be a way of you kind of letting go and, and a cathartic release. But what are some of the some other things that you're doing specifically to just surrender to it and to to let things be as they are? Because I think that that's absolutely something that comes up for a lot of families, no matter what type of birth you're planning. Just this idea of letting go that you can't control everything that, like you said, you're you're there to to be the vessel for this baby. So what are some of the specific things that you've done to let go and to surrender? Well, yeah, the blog, I'm very inconsistent blogger. I always tell myself I'll get better (laughs) about that. But then you have a toddler and the job. Oh, we get it. (laughs) Anyway, um, I do. I even like uh, when I'm not pregnant meditation is, is just huge. It's, I, I think of it like exercise for your brain, you know, pretty much it's, and it is something you have to, you know, develop and set the habit. Um, you know, I, and it always sounds kind of, woo, woo, you know, to people like meditation, it's not all about, it's never about clearing your mind. That's impossible. Mm. You know, it, it's more about turning your thoughts into a film, film reel and letting them just kind of pass you by and not following it, you know, and just be, being, you know, the act of being present, being and stewing in your own shit, kind of speak, so to speak, you know, where you just be with that, be with where you are. And, you know, and then that's just kind of how for me um, has been like, you know, that's going to be huge, you know, your exercise is huge in pregnancy, you're basically training for a marathon, but you're also training for one of the most attention demanding processes in your whole life, you know, so the more you can practice that just being in your own body in your own mind in your own head wherever you are at that particular point in time um that's that that's yeah i can't right i recommend that to all of my gym members and clients like pregnant or not so mm-hmm. i just think that's a huge skill to have that's so. awesome that's awesome so just just to recap for for um you listening out there you know Lindsay was talking about meditation blogging or writing exercise and just overall the practice of being in your body with your body you know being with your mind with your thoughts and just observing them and i think that's um those are great pieces of advice for for anyone who's just looking to center themselves throughout the the pregnancy experience and prepare you know a lot of a lot of preparation obviously goes into it and you know sarah you've talked a lot about this in some episodes how important it is to prepare yourself not only physically, but emotionally, yeah. mentally, spiritually for, you know, this, this amazing experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. What you just listed off is basically like a take this, run with this. This is a great plan. Like yeah. that's just listed out yeah. your plan for you guys. Write so that down, guys. Go do Write it. Um, <laughs> so those were awesome things. Is there anything else beyond what you listed? Like, what was a thing for you? One thing, like a resource, an object, or a person that was really instrumental in your process? Oh, well, this time around, um, my doula is associated with this uh, company called BirthFit. Yes, I'm from Yes, yes, love that. Love, Ooh. love, love all their whole pillars, their concepts. Like, so yeah, birthfit.com, check that out. Cool, we'll link it, to I that in the show. Yeah, I can't recommend that enough. Um, but ultimately, the best recommendations that I can have just for anybody is you need to be where you're going to be comfortable and you need to be informed about your decisions, you know, that knowledge is power on um, that informed consent, you know, don't ever take anything at face value. So where did you go to get your information? How did you equip yourself with knowledge? I am just, I, I, I guess I'm just one of those. I don't, I don't remember exactly. I, I, I seek out the more natural holistic. Um, I, I seek out all sides of the spectrum. I, I, I just am constantly reading and listening to podcasts and stuff on this kind of topic. And if something stirs me the wrong way, you know, I look more into it. If it stirs me the right way, I'll try to look. I saw it just, it really is just self-education. It just, um, Weston A. Price Foundation was a huge player for me. Um, and my first pregnancy, I love, I love, uh, some of their nourishing traditions books that they put out. Um, those are a nice, a good ground point for a lot of people. They have pretty good, information in there um i guess just uh i don't know i guess it's just there's so much and it's been time yeah, it's there been is. building over the years so i guess i just it was kind of just luckily where i was at when i decided to have a baby so <laughs> well that's awesome you know i think that's just great advice being curious and looking to educate yourself and you know understand what your options are what your choices are because you do have choice you know you, mm-hmm. you always have choice and so um, Sarah mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but we're going to link out to everything that you've talked about, Lindsay. We're going to link blog. yeah, to your birth story, to your blog, to your website, BirthFit, Weston A. Price Foundation, all that stuff. We're going to have links in the show notes. Yes. Cool. And cool. Lindsay, we appreciate you so much. Uh, this has been an outstanding conversation. I've loved learning about you, your family, um, all of it. And I would love to follow up after baby number two and hear, yeah. hear that story and um, document it for you. I think this is something really magical that you and your family can have and, you know, you can share with Charlie and all yeah. of that. That's awesome. Thank yes. you, guys. Yes. I will probably take you up on that. This is fun. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Lindsay, real quick, uh, tell, tell those folks listening where they can go to connect with you, learn more about you and what you're up to. Oh, gosh. Like I said, I'm a terribly inconsistent blogger. Um, You can find a lot of past information about me at uh, my blog is feedingyourgenes.com. That's genes as in genetics, G-E-N-E-S, feedingyourgenes.com. But I also have, uh, I post and blog um, at the fitness facility that I run, the gym. It's called Upraxia. And uh, upraxiablog.com is another place where you can find uh, some other information, a little bit more about me as a trainer and stuff, too. So, um, And I will spell that for you guys. It's e-u-p-r-a-x-i-a-blog.com. That's a lot different from what Matthew was writing down. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to scratch <laughs> out. Yeah, it's different. There's a whole other story with that one. So, awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, like I said, we'll put links to your blog and the websites, everything in the show notes, and you can find those 
over at diahpodcast.com. Thank you so much again. A thousand times, Lindsay. You are awesome. Yeah, thank you guys again. You guys are pretty awesome too. <laughs> Have a great day, Lindsay. See you guys. Bye-bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.